Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You found the Playmakers on CBS Sports Radio 1140. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on. One of my regrets, and I have very few regrets in life, Lindsay, is not lucky. Is not taking the tickets to go see Willie a couple of years ago when I lived in Phoenix. He was playing. The, he was playing the Celebrity Theater, and, uh, and you didn't go. He was like he had been sick for a long time, rolling up to that, and he goes like, "Yeah, hey, I'm going to play the show," and I'm like, "We didn't go." I would have gone. Yeah, I didn't go. You go to the Willie Nelson show. I know, I you go. go see Elton John, Paul. I didn't go. I believe there's a French version of this, too, which I'm is probably sure. what they're playing in Montreal. Yep. Stevie Nicks rolling through some dive bar. Eh, I got better things to do. She'll be through next time. Yeah, I haven't had that. I haven't had that privilege. I had a friend of mine who went to a dive bar uh, in Chicago, and at like 2 o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden, Garth Brooks comes, rolls out, pulls out his guitar, and just starts playing tunes just out of wow. nowhere. They're like, what the hell are you doing here? And oh, just hanging out. And there's right place, right time stuff like that, and then there's putting yourself in a position to have a big moment, like going to the Willie Nelson concert, because it could have been a crappy concert. You could have gotten punched in the face. Maybe we sure. forgot our, our, our favorite strain of ganja, whatever. But you still got to go, right? Yep. And I think that's exactly what the Vegas Golden Knights need to do tonight, Paul, because we've talked a lot about how big this opportunity is to be in the Stanley Cup semis, to to be, quote unquote, the best team left in the playoffs, to have all the talent that is littered up and down this roster. But there's been another wrinkle thrown into this series. Wrinkle this afternoon. Oh my goodness! It's like a it's like pulling a shirt out of the dryer. It is in time. That's still just wet. in time, Paul. And it's not the biggest of deals, but it's something because the Montreal Canadiens will be playing Game Three tonight back in Montreal without their head coach Dom Duchemin because he is tested positive for COVID nineteen. And we'll be out for the next 10 days. That's the rest of the series. That is, yes. Calendar, I think, calendar, The calendar is the rest of the series. If I, he comes back, it would be for the cup. We're just trying to get to the sundown part of today. So right. I believe what you're saying. Right. And, you know, coaches in hockey aren't exactly, you know, super hyper involved. They, they It's very hands-off approach. And it's more of like a rah-rah thing. Make sure we're doing the systems. And we just need somebody there in case, you know, the ref needs to throw somebody out. Like, you can't play the game without a coach. But it's enough of a disruption where the Canadians have probably had to worry about all day, and I'm sure the Golden Knights have as well, that this might not be the only positive. And we've gotten the all clear for the players, 
uh, the assistant coaches will be stepping up in, uh, in, in Coach Dom's absence. But it might just be a sliver enough for the Golden Knights to recapture some of that that fire, some of that overwhelming power that we associate with the talent and, and the skating ability of this team. Especially when you have Alex Tuck apparently taking rushes with first line but with uh with patches and and uh stone. Yeah, kind of co leads here. Right. It seems like we're willing to kind of reshape the way that we're envisioning our hopefully victorious recipe for success tonight. Okay. Which is good. Right. So, but this is so what what we'll tell you, and I'll just do the Montreal Canadiens press conference here, but I'll do it in English. Um, um, we, we we have our systems in place. Uh, mm-hmm. We understand what we need to do, and this won't affect us at all. Have you heard that line before? How important is it to get pucks deep, Paul? <laughs> Very important to Very get pucks important. deep. Okay. Have you ever heard this before? Yes, you have. Yes. When Golden Knights head coach Pete DeBoer had to sit. Mm-hmm. This we've heard this before. Exactly. So. And it's not like this is the first time that Alex Tuck has played up on the first line either. Like, if you guys don't remember towards the beginning of the season around Tahoe time, right? the Golden Knights were having trouble getting the biscuit in the basket against a very high-powered, fast-skating team like the Colorado Avalanche. Remember them? Yep. Alex Tuck gets a couple of goals in that Lake Tahoe game, or at least one goal, and then they make that switch, and he gets two goals the next game. And I'm not saying we can we can – Copy and paste the the change in the results from that. But this isn't like a brand new concept. But what this does when you move Alex Tuck up to that first line is that it really takes away a lot of what makes that third line special and dominant because that is where a lot of our mismatch advantage is with this roster. But based off of what we saw in game two and how tough it was for the Gold Knights to advance the puck through the neutral zone, to even break it out at some points because our defensive responsibilities in, in the slot and in front of that weren't always covered, this is a change or at least something that you have to test and try. Because no offense to Nick Waugh, and I said this yesterday, he's not a first-line center. He needs to be a center because he plays better as a center. But you can't be anchoring down that first line as much as they were. So you get a guy who who is probably skating the most free, skating skating the fastest for the Gold Knights, but that's also against the matchups that he faces as a third-line guy versus a first. And so, like I said, we're taking every sliver we possibly can of 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 hope or change or deviation to see if we can get a different result than what we did in Game 2 or at least kind of shake things up in the way that we're going through our choreography, especially in the early minutes of the first period. Well, you're already being shaken up by the fact that you are on the road and that you yep. this is your longest business trip, quote unquote, the entire year. Mm-hmm. They've, you know, they've, every flight that they've had has been, you know, two and a half hours. This is a six hour venture, you know, through right. customs. We have to and, change time zones and, here. and passports Correct. and hotels and all kinds of and all kinds of that kind of disruption. So, you know, the disruption, you know, started when they left yesterday and you know, the, the joking aside, it's pretty much an empty arena. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I mean, there'll be, you know, several thousand, you know, there Nothing might compares to us, Paul. Right. There won't be. I mean, it's, it, you know, it, the you know, mathematically, you know, you can tell it will be a very smaller crowd. You'll see you'll see much more. But mm-hmm. this will feel more like the bubble hockey that we saw Correct. last season when we reached this point in the playoffs. Yep. Much more sanitized. And that's why those those important opening early minutes and that grind away mentality is going to have to be prevalent for the Golden Knights tonight because 
while it's not an overwhelmingly hostile environment, it is indeed a hostile one. And we've talked at length at the identity of the Montreal Canadiens and how exactly they like to play. And so you have to be willing to dig deeper than they are. You have to be willing to go that that next extra mile to make sure that it is your destiny that the first foot gets off after and not theirs. And that's where that kind of window of opportunity that I'm talking about here with, with all the distractions that are kind of swirling around the fact that they are changing scenery. There's a lot of openings to kind of not daze and confuse the Canadians, but just keeping them from being fully grounded in the moment. And they might show up and it might look exactly the same way it did in game one and game two. But regardless, you want to bring more than what you have. And you want to sustain that. It's about playing for playing better hockey longer than your opponent. And a lot of the Golden Knights' ability to do that starts and stops with their starts and stops in those opening minutes and getting on the board first and taking care of the small things that set your foundation for the rest of the game. Well, the Golden Knights are in must-win territory now. We're at this point to where you've got to get one of these, one of these at home, one of these at the Montreal home this weekend. Whether it's this one here or whether it's game four, they have to get at least one to regain some sort of advantage. Yes. Yes. Split would be nice. And if we could get that taken care of, Tonight, that would also be nice. But I don't want to say must win when it's not a limit. Like a lot of things feel like must wins because it's the playoff season and we are where we are. But this is, it's, I'm trying to think of a better word than imperative. It just is more efficient. Well, right. But you know, the, the, when you're at home, the rink tends to lean in your favor ever so slightly. Well, depends, whether, depends whether, though, whether it's, whether it's officiating, whether it's fan involvement, whether it's just the fact that you've got the lighter color jersey out there, mm-hmm. you know, more than anything else. Yeah. And, it is i mean let's 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 be incredibly frank there is an entire country right now cheering for the canadians whether they are there or not right you know this is canada's last great hope in terms of you know moving forward and there has to be some of that that has to be in the back of those minds because there is a little homecoming for the Knights, too. As you talk about disruptions and things, it's like, hey, they're coming home and they've been saying the right things leading into this. This is just a business trip and we need to play better and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, ultimately, you know, you can't you can't put yourself in the, the cone of silence forever. Just it's it's I think it's tough to tune out as an athlete, let alone a media, yeah. let alone us just being able to talk about it. I, I just I can't imagine it's like. You know, oh, crap, we're in Canada. You know, it's it's like, well, now we're in a different building. That I mean, when's the last time they played in Montreal? Let's be honest. Was it? Yeah, in 2019. Three, three years yeah, almost. Yeah, and, and, we, and we've talked at length about, about how many local ties our roster has to Quebec and to the Montreal area. And, yeah, all this stuff is swirling around, but all that stuff is mostly swirling around in, the, in your mind in the moments that you have time. And where you don't have time is when you're playing on the ice because there is so little time and space for the Golden Knights to to wiggle, to create something out of nothing because the forecheck and just the overall play of the Montreal Canadiens was so smothering to them in game two. So if anything, that's the saving grace about sports, um, whether it's uh, a bunch of kind of um, not not big of deal type of distractions like we're talking about here or like real life ones with, with COVID or you like lose somebody. Or we always talk about the getting lost in the game or being able to kind of remove yourself from, from actual reality. And so that that's, that's going to serve well tonight, but it's, if you put yourself in a tough position early on where you're chasing, where you're not playing well, where you're not um, checking off those boxes to make sure that everybody's finding their individual game that serves the larger team game, 
then it's not as easy. Then those distractions become more magnified. It becomes more of an echo chamber for all of your mistakes. And so that's the bit. You have to come out with a, with a higher level, a higher frequency than Montreal does because that's where we all gravitate to. That's where the energy goes. That's where momentum goes. It goes to the to the point of 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 highest frequency. So spend, that has to be their team. Spend a lot more time in your zone, obviously, and build some confidence because I think mm-hmm. it, what it's going to you know we we we've talked about the efficiency off the face off in terms of goal scoring, which concerns you a little bit because the other opportunities just I would just aren't like to coming. score in other ways. Yes, that would be ideal. Right, but. Montreal has been such a killer on the power play still, which, you know, credit to them, you know, they're, they're, for some reason, the Knights, mm-hmm. you know, just, it's, there's a top kill. There's a top kill in the playoffs. Yeah, they just can't get it going. Yeah, and and the limited. They only had two power play opportunities. The Golden Knights in game two, and for the I don't really remember much about the first one, but the second one I remember for probably the first 45 seconds to a minute, they were having a really tough time just entering the offensive zone and setting it up. And so if you've already cut out half of your advantage time just to put the stakes in the ground. This is where we're going to pitch the tent, peeps. That's usually not going to be a, a, a good road for you to find that power play success in such a short order. So it's about finding, like you said, that that sustained possession down low and hopefully having enough momentum on your side where the Canadians aren't as uh, close to you gap-wise so you can have some time to make decisions a little bit slower, to move the puck a little bit quicker and get some looks at Carey Price that haven't been available to them for a little bit. And likely one of the bigger, kind of one of the bigger, when when Stevenson's out, probably going to make it a little bit more challenging too Mm -hmm. if they're going to roll that team out there. We talk's a house of fire. If he can control the puck, he can get into the zone with with zero issue whatsoever. But that Montreal defense in that game too was very, very controlled in that space. Lots of, lots of just... Pokes and prods, and yep. and a lot of that was going their way because in some cases you just don't get those. I mean, you, you won't Absolutely. get some of those things. It's just about you know being in the right place at the right time. Well, and if you move him up to that first line, you really need them to to produce. Somebody needs to find a way to to get on the score sheet tonight because you need to make sure that that investment, that reallocation of resources to the first line, makes up for maybe a, a, a less defensively strong third line because now it's not as fortified with tuck. You're not possessing the puck as much. Maybe they get a couple more chances that's why those third fourth line guys tend to score goals later in the playoffs because best on best cancel each other out well we just moved one of our betters to skate with the best so what does that do to the serviceables that are still there and facing off against the same guys that they have for a couple games what does that change do to them so that's where you really need to focus on and and make sure that that it's not a minus because if if it's a minus, like I said, you got to have a plus where you're where you're um, reshuffling your deck. And so if you go with somebody like on that third line, I want to talk. Let's talk about some of the young kids in terms of how they've had to mature, especially when it comes to playoff time, because really it's their first sustained you know experience you know at this you mm-hmm. know at this pressure point. I don't want to say at this level, but at this pressure point, and it's a little bit different. And perhaps it's Dylan Sakura who gets gets the nod tonight. But a guy like Keegan Colasar who you know found his rhythm a little bit in that you know during uh, you know portions of the season, but is now being asked to play a little bit more of a role. Mm-hmm. Is do you think he's found his legs at at all yet? It feels like at times he struggles a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just in I don't know, and maybe it's just line mates, maybe it's just him getting. 
his own head. But sometimes I see him with the puck, and it's just like, okay, you, you touch it for about two seconds, and and it's already you, you don't have it anymore. I think I think Kolasar is playing at a really high level right now. I think he's very close to his ceiling, what he's capable of in this season. I think there's more in him, but that is more off season stuff. I'm talking about a couple more chances that he had early in the season scoring chances that didn't go in that that can because he put right. he has that ability to put himself in position to for open look especially in front of the net and and how disruptive that fourth line can get if you get you know your opposition pinned down much like the the Canadians were doing to the Golden Knights below the goal line and it kind of pops out in front and you're able to finish those or he's even capable of 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 creating breakaways for himself but yeah, he he's not a passenger on that fourth line anymore. He's not just out there to fill the spot because you can just plug him out there and he's not going to be a, a liability. He's being asked to uh, go up against some of the meanest guys in the NHL, some of the most experienced veterans in the NHL with Corey Perry, with that fourth line. And that's no small task to, to not be uh, an area of worry. Because that enables Ryan Reeves to do what he does best. That enables William Carey to do what he does best. And granted, those guys haven't played together as much as you would have hoped down the stretch. But I'm glad that Carrier and Colasar have because they're obviously the more fleet of foot. They're the guys that grind out more long against boards, whereas Reeves is the, for the for the big hammer. And so, yeah, I, I, I really like what I've seen from him development-wise. And his confidence is only going to grow with each and every positive play. And so it's really their time to shine at this point of the season. And any time you get production from, from those guys, especially on that fourth line, is such a huge boost for your overall team game because it's just not something you can usually rely upon. So when it does happen, it's just... It's a luxury, so you want to make good on it. Good to see things through your eyes. I see things a little bit differently from you, but you make it a little bit more simpler. Uh, the rain is than, gone over than, here, Paul. Than, than, uh, see clearly. Then I can make it. That is uh, very clear. Uh, we will we'll get you some keys to the game and some players to watch going into game three, coming up in hour number two. On the way, the NBA got a couple elimination games ahead. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.